You may be seated, God bless you. We'll take uh, two scriptures. We'll take two scriptures so that we will not um, have too much ground to cover. The first scripture will be Acts chapter 13 from verse 1. Then the second scripture will be Revelation chapter 19 from verse 10. Acts chapter 13 from verse 1. Hallelujah. If that fire, if you turn that fire and it becomes a big flame, that fire has the capacity to move the hand of God to begin to establish the will of God. So much so that it can facilitate the appearance of the government of God, the rulership of God in a particular sphere and in a particular place. But there is something I'd like to bring to our notice quickly. We can find reference for it. In Acts chapter 13, now there when the church that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manin, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetra. And as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas, and so for the work whereunto I have called them. Separate unto me, Barnabas, and so. Now, you see, when this fire becomes intense, it is possible for us to secure the word of the Lord. But I'd like us to analyze that word before we proceed. Okay, maybe let's take the second reading so that we can be done with readings. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19 from verse 10. And I fell at his feet and worshipped him, and he said unto me, See, thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is a spiritual prophecy. This is a scenario where John encountered 
one of our brethren whose spirit has been made perfected. And he was released, just like some of you must have seen some brethren. Like Apostle Paul. Hallelujah. Come to teach you the Bible for three months. There are several. How many of you have had those kind of encounters? You see some brethren, some ancient brethren. Sometimes Moses will come with his rod. Sometimes David will come with his harp. Hallelujah. And that's the kind of encounter that John had in the book of Revelation. But we'll give it perspective as we study together. Now notice that when he encountered that brother, the brother was so glorious and he was so full of wisdom and so full of spiritual knowledge that John confused him to be God. And John decided to worship. And he said, no, don't do that. I'm one of, I'm your fellow brother. Worship God. Then he now gave him a disclosure, a revelation. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So we'll come to that scripture. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit or the life of prophecy. Prophecy has life. Right? So the life of prophecy is traceable to the testimony of Jesus. And I'm going to explain what that means. Because it is, there's a difference between a prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. There is a difference between a prophecy. A revivalist operates in the spirit of prophecy. A revivalist may not prophesy, but he operates in the spirit of prophecy. If his commitment to tend the fire is consistent, he lives by a different set, a different kind of Civilization. The life in the spirit is a different paradigm. Totally different from the natural context of things. Well, let us begin properly in the book of Acts chapter 13. Are you still with me? And you, you know, I explained what was happening in Acts chapter 13, how that the brethren, Christianity was being contaminated in Jerusalem. And God needed a new administrative headquarters from whence his purposes will be deployed across the nations of the world. Judaism had filtered into the heart of Christian doctrine and God began to move his resources from Jerusalem and he, he established a new apostolic base in Antioch. So the culture of the apostolic base in Antioch is what we see in the book of Acts chapter 13. I think it looks like what we are doing now. Because they said, as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted. Then the Holy Ghost. So, they were doing something similar to what we are doing now. They were ministering to the Lord. You see, the kind of prayer they prayed was not their prayers. The prayers that they prayed was ministration to the Lord. It gave God ventilation. It gave God, are you with me? Are you with me? And it is possible that the civilization that is supported by your prayer life is that most of your prayers are self-centered. Most of your prayers are full of self and empty of God. That was not the kind of prayers that these guys prayed in Antioch. Because all they did was that they ministered unto the Lord. The Lord was the focal point 
of their activity. It means that they were building a spiritual house that captured the office of God. It is possible for you to be running a fellowship and God's office is not adequately captured. It means, are you with me? It means that people will see something else. People will be conscious of something else. But you see, if God's office is adequately captured, what people will see is God. What people will, will encounter is God. It is possible that um, the way a particular fellowship template is designed captures the office of the pastor. So the pastor is the voice that speaks. So everybody sees the pastor and look to, looks to him for deliverance. But these guys had a different model. The entire setup was designed to ventilate God. Anything that would please God, that was what they were gathering to fast and pray to secure. It means that they were building to capture the offices of God. The office of God. I don't have time to take you to the book of 1 Kings chapter 6. To show you how the temple was built. Then in that temple, that temple is actually an entrapment of dimensions. Are you still with me? An entrapment of what? Of dimensions. If you come into the holy place, for instance, you are going to see um, 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 altars that are built that human functionaries are designed to minister upon. If you see the embroidery of the entire setup, you will notice that uh, the holy place too was built also to capture the offices of strange and special kinds of angels. And that was why when Zachariah was ministering according to the order of ministration in the shadow of Abiata, he encountered an angel. The reason is because the design of the temple was multidimensional. The, the offices of angels were captured, human offices were captured, and if you go into the Holy of Holies, you are going to see that the office of the cherubims were captured and the office of Jehovah himself was what? Was captured. And that's why the technology that was at work in the temple is the entrapment of dimensions. So that if you are ministering in the temple, it will be a common thing for you to collide with the cherubim. It's a common thing for you to collide with an angel. It's a common thing for you to collide with the Shekinah of God. Because that temple was built to entrap dimensions. Are you, do you realize that that kind of a place must be built for it to exist? It will not just appear. And you see, that thing you see in the Old Testament, that temple you see in the Old Testament is supposed to be an illustration of the kind of spiritual thing that we are building in our fellowship. So in the book of Acts chapter 13, you see that kind of ministration was built to capture the office of God as they ministered unto what? The Lord and oh man, you are not with me. Now, if I take you further in the book of um, um, uh, of Acts of the Apostles, when Peter was in prison, you notice that there was a kind of prayer that they were praying. And when Peter stood by the door, having been delivered by angels, the person that came to check on the door actually said, "Is the angel of Peter that is standing out there?" Because there are such, several kinds of ministration you can do that can capture the offices of angels. I would mean. It can deploy their activity. It can make them functional. Do you realize that all the deliverances that Peter encountered was occasioned by angels? You know the kind of 
The guy was fast in the inner chamber of the prison. He was held in stocks and his companions were security agents. But there was an angel that was deployed and it was as if the, the chains fell of their own accord. He was not aware if it was happening naturally or in a disclosure, in a vision. The reason is because the kind of ministration that the church was engaged in captured the offices of angels. So it was, do you understand that? It was commonplace. So, so that even upon his true deliverance, when he came, a person that came to church him said, no, he's his angel. There were several kinds of prayers that were deployed and angelic forces were littered across. Yes, because those prayers captured their offices. But you see, what we have in the book of Acts chapter 13 verse 1 is a people that are ministering unto the Lord. The Lord's office is the emphasis of the administration. Now, I'd like us to analyze that kind of administration to know what it really means to minister unto the Lord. To minister unto the Lord. And this kind of administration, they did it with fasting. The fasting was like a spice to make that administration effective. These people have discovered something about God. Please, somebody help me. What does it mean to minister unto the Lord? Minister unto the Lord. What does it entail? Please help me. What does it entail when we say you are ministering unto the Lord? What does it entail? Esti, what's Esti? What does it mean to minister on as they ministered unto the Lord and fasted? The Holy Ghost said. It means that if you know how to minister in such a way that the office of the Lord is captured, it is God's, it is Lord's voice you will hear. That's the technology of securing and receiving the word of the Lord. You must be vast in orchestrating ministrations that are directed at ventilating the Lord. Yes, what does it mean to minister unto the Lord? My understanding is you you are worshipping and focusing on him as your Lord, your friend. Not that you went with any personal need or question. You just love him. That's my understanding anyway. Now, is that all? Is that all? If we, if we analyze that, their fellowship very well. You notice that in that fellowship, the names of the participants were mentioned. I hope you know there were not too many. So that doesn't look like the general fellowship was several hand, people that were handpicked for this kind of administration. Because if we are talking about ministering unto the Lord, the lives of the people ministering is a greater factor than their style of ministration. The one ministering unto the Lord. If it is not evident that that one has lived a life that is consecrated to serve the will of God, if you bring that one into the circle of this kind of ministration, it will hinder the release of the voice of God. What is consecration?
is consecration? Consecration. And just in case you are not familiar with the terminology, that terminology is what Romans chapter 12 verse 1 talks about. Romans 12 1 captures the concept of consecration. I still need someone to help me. What is consecration? At least I'll give you one scripture. Romans 12 1. In the New Testament, there are two scriptures, two chapters of the Bible that carries the idea of consecration. And these two sets of scriptures actually consider different aspects of consecration. Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 12. And that's why I gave us a scripture. Romans chapter 12 verse 1. It will give you an idea of what consecration is. Hallelujah. Those days, are you, are you with me? Those days in the church, apart from the open congregation like this, there was still another level of fellowship. That one was not open to everybody. It was, it was an invitation. And that kind of administration takes place when there is a need for God to speak. There's a need for wisdom to be unveiled for the corporate house to follow. Are you with me? Uh-huh. So, the kind of people that are invited for that kind of special meeting are people that have fulfilled the fundamental requirement of living lives that are consecrated to serve the will of God. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? Oh, you are not with me. So, I don't know whether to continue. God will not speak to everybody. I have to be plain to you. God eh, will not speak to everybody. A congregation can stand seeking the face of God and God will speak. Because you don't understand the requirements of capturing the office of God during ministration. If I'm not mistaken, what, let's check the list of the guys that were doing the ministration in the book of Acts chapter 13. Meanwhile, somebody open, stay on Romans chapter 12 verse 1. Let us get a working definition of what consecration is. Lives that are consecrated to serve the will of God. Now, give Doshima the microphone. Let her tell us what is consecration. And the scripture reference to launch your commentary from is Romans chapter 12 from verse 1. You may wish to consult that scripture to have a position about this teaching. Yes, consecration. My little understanding about consecration simply means separation unto God. Separation unto God. Now, that's a very correct answer. It's, it's a separation unto God. And, and God will not force you to be separated unto him. Even though, given that he paid your bride price, which is the price of his blood, to secure your redemption, thereby making you his property, he will not force you to live for him. You see, you still have the choice to decide to leave off your ambition. He may not 
pressure you to look away from your ambition and seek to understand his will for your life and to devote yourself to living according to his will for your life. He will not force you to do that. And that's why if you check the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 1, I'm trying to there's a place I'm going. I hope I'll not get lost in talking. Because I want to differentiate between prophecy and, and the spirit of prophecy. Whereas people can prophesy and miss God. People can prophesy and backslide before the prophecy come to pass. The man that is operating by the spirit of prophecy is actually a sign to a generation. But I will explain that. She said that consecration is what? Separation unto God. That individual that is separated unto God must have come to the knowledge of the fact that I was bought with a price. That is a legal understanding that fosters separation unto God. Now, separation unto God is not a life that your flesh will like. It is something that your flesh will resist passionately. And so you need to have a very good doctrinal position that builds your reasoning into submission to God. And the doctrinal position is that you were bought with the price of the blood of Jesus. But even though you were bought, Jesus will not force you to separate unto him. Separation unto God talks about is in view of the fact that you are capable of living out a life that is not exactly God's purpose for, for your life because you are a free moral agent and the powers of sovereign will are under your control. I would mean. Now so, when I come to that point where I decide that since Jesus has paid for me, it is only reasonable, therefore, for me to surrender and submit to seek and serve his will. Outside of his will, I'm not interested. Now, I was saying something the other day that um, my personal ambition was to take up a lecturing job and to um, be a lecturer. And the last time I checked, being a lecturer is not a sin. That's what. But as I was advancing towards this, I found out that it was not the will of God for me to operate as a lecturer. And one of the reasons why God will bring that kind of information to your notice is because if you eventually succeed in achieving your ambition, that ambition is likely to stand in the way of the purpose of God. If that thing will not stand in the purpose of God, God will allow it. But for me, if I become a lecturer, it was God, the sovereign God that knows the end from the beginning, knows that he's going to hinder his purpose for my life. And when he disclosed that, if I am reasonable, and I know that Jesus paid in full for my bride price, I forget about every ambition to become a lecturer. And then I begin to find or seek more desperately to understand what he wants me to be that lectureship was going to obstruct. Do you understand that? Are you with me? Aha. For your information, I got the employment to be a lecturer, eventually. Yes. But the time I got the employment, I had already weaned myself of 
the possible temptation that the employment can bring uh, and its capacity to derail me from the will of God. According to scriptures, the consecrated believer is the only set of believers that God recognizes as reasonable. Because consecrating to serve the will of God is our only reasonable act of spiritual service. Is that clear? Now, so the guys that were praying and ministering unto the Lord were not just any kind of believer. They were selected believers and there were obvious marks upon their lives that they paid the price to stay within the will of God. Those kind of people, they are sacrifices unto God themselves. Their living actually reveals that they decided to submit to God's altar. Oh, Jesus. I don't want to go to Genesis. Genesis gives us a graphic picture of how the life of Abraham went. Okay, stay with me. Let's put that thing in order before we make progress. Genesis chapter 12. Some of the strongest scriptures to establish the doctrine of consecration, one of them is in Leviticus chapter 8. We don't have time for that now because it's very detailed, very, very detailed. Leviticus chapter 8 and Exodus chapter 24. Those are scriptures that reveal the very holistic horizon of that doctrine, that teaching in scripture. Um, in the book of Genesis chapter 12, we see the story of Abraham. And uh, the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be so verse 4 is the obedience part. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham, Abraham was seventy and five years old when he departed for out of Haran. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all the substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Glory to God. When they now got into Canaan, they began to navigate. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sichem in the plain of Moreh, and the Canaanites was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham and said, Unto thy seed would I give this land, and then additional obedience when I see him manifesting something here. And there he builded, builded he an altar unto the Lord that appeared unto him. That altar he built here is the altar of committal, is the altar of consecration. That it is the Lord that appeared unto him, he built that altar too. Because previously he has built altars unto demons and devils. But he built an altar unto the Lord that appeared unto him. That appeared unto him. You see, when someone gives his life to Christ, if he's well taught, the next thing he should do is to build this altar. Because God has appeared to him in salvation. The next most concrete decision that believer should make after giving his life to Christ 
is the altar of consecration. It needs to be shown how that Jesus has paid his bride price. And the only way he can be reasonable to Jesus at this point in time is to consecrate himself. That he will not serve anything else. He will not serve his lust. He will not serve his ambition. He will not serve his pride. He will not serve his ego. He will not serve his, his intellect. He will not serve his handsomeness or beauty. He will serve only Jesus. See, it was at that point that Abraham raised up that altar. And he raised that altar in keeping with the fact that the Lord had appeared unto him. Prior to this time, the Lord was speaking to him. The Lord was ministering to him. The Lord was pointing him. And when God saw that he was taking steps to fulfill uh, his call, somewhere along the line, the Lord decided to appear unto him. Even though at this time his obedience was not yet complete because he took lot in the carriage. And uh, uh, from Genesis chapter 4, he was the one in charge of this journey at this time, but he constituted the journey not considering the initial call of God for his life. However, God still acknowledged that there was some level of effort to, to, to serve his will. And on the strength of that, God decided to appear unto him. This is the first appearance. Demons have appeared unto Abraham before he raised altars. But now, for the first time, God had appeared unto him. And he raised an altar unto the Lord that appeared unto him, saying, My contract now is with you. My deal now is with you. My destiny now is with you. It is how you prescribe my destiny that I'm ready to live it. It's how you, you set my life, I'm willing to accomplish it. It's how you ordain my possibilities that I'm willing to achieve it. My ambitions have died. My, 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 I can't serve my flesh anymore. So that's consecration. The guys that were standing before God to minister unto the Lord were not just everybody. It came to pass that uh, a friend of mine had a great offer. Hallelujah. He may hear this tape, so I need to coin it in such a way that he himself will be confused if he's one of them. So he had an offer from a big ministry, and the general overseer of the ministry, I think he's 76 years old now, and he suffered stroke recently. He looked at all the pastors he has raised and found out that no pastor that he raised has the capacity to bring the ministry into what God told him. So he began to scout for a young minister that has pure apostolic discipleship, a pure apostolic breed. And he reached out to one of my friends and said, Will you mind coming to the Dejavasi of this ministry to move it to where God has? Right? So there was a need for us to hear God. So we, we traveled to come and pray so that God would speak. Before we came, God has spoken to all of us. <laughs> so I was wondering what the prayer meeting was. What was the prayer meeting about? Because by the time we landed, everybody, the word of the Lord was clear. Everybody that came said what they said. So I was wondering what the prayer was about. So it was not about the prayer point. It was about the people that gathered to capture the office of God. If those people are not consecrated people, God will not be moved. 
to speak. Only consecrated men can move the hand of God in a time of emergency. Now, at this point in time, you know, before this day, the Antioch, the church in Antioch, they had been exposed to teachings, to discipleship, to training. But they had come to a point where there was a need for directive, there was a need for wisdom. And they knew that beyond the teaching they were doing, beyond the training they were doing, there was something in the technology of God that they had to adopt at that point in time to take the kingdom of God forward. But they did not know what that was, and they decided to hold this conclave, and this conclave began to minister unto the Lord. The guys that were part of the conclave themselves were people that were consecrated, whose lives were set apart just for the purpose of God's glory. So their lives themselves were ministration to God. And then the last stood before God. And the only reason why they were there was not to pray their prayers, but to seek the face of God and minister to God, make God happy to the point that God's hand will be moved and he will be provoked to speak. The people that have this ability are people that have suffered for God. They had options to become other things. But they decided to stay with the Lord. If we are going to regain the credibility that the church once had, then we need to begin to raise consecrated believers. Hallelujah. A believer that understands that even if he becomes a governor and is a government house, he's not there in limbo. There is a reference to his appearance. Hallelujah. He cannot do anything he wants to do because he's there on assignment. And the one that put him there will be looking to him to make out justice and judgment as the case may be. If we have people like that that are consecrated, that consider, in fact, public service in general is, is as the name is, is servitude. The higher you are placed in public service, the more your level of servitude. Because if you are going to the governor of a state, and the state has many tributaries, whereas the normal man sleeps by 9 p.m., you might find yourself sleeping by 3 a.m. If you are going to provide that kind of, and to do it for four years is an affliction. You will not even ask for second term. That is if you are providing the service. If you are sub subject to the level of servitude that that responsibility carries. You do one term. Your hair will be black. At the end of the term, your hair will be jet white. You will opt out. Today we have someone that cannot coordinate. They ask him a question. He's answering somewhere. His brain. What was the name of that medical condition? The, huh? You will need to be in good health for you to manage a state for four years. The way it's supposed to be managed. Right? How long has Tarako been? The last time we checked, Tarako underwent turnaround maintenance. The thing that is required for... Sorry, let me not... Sorry, sometimes I think I, I, I'm burdened. Let's go back to Acts chapter 13. I'm burdened sometimes. I'm building something. You need to run the state like a business. You create level playing field, security, create security, create roads, so that the guys that are farming in the village can bring you to the places where these commodities can be valued at the best possible cost that will make for their welfare and also be adequate for you to be picked as raw materials from manufacturing industries. We are the food basket of the nation. We don't have food processing factories. What does it take to process cassava to an exportable semi-finished product? Cassava. Where it can be valued at the highest level, highest global price. 
and we have several species of cassava. They what they call that in soya beans will grow here happens to be the best variety worldwide. They do a lot of genome manipulation to get that quality of soya beans elsewhere. And we have it naturally. It survives on our soil. And we have lazy people carrying placard and flex banners. Instead of us to revamp the entire place and then and then major on our potential. Hallelujah. Global oil market. The product that came from that factory bested every other oil that was presented in terms of its health constituents. That means that's an overflowing possibility in the state. Why not? Well, well, well what do you expect? Someone that has not run, not engaged in business successfully believes he can run his state. We have sedimentary rocks all the way from what local government to what local government. All you need to do is you meet with Julius Berger. Say, give us seven power roads on our major road tributaries. And then come and take this portion of limestone. It's not everything you need to pay for. You will see beggar will be walking without their light day and night. And you can cruise. There is no one kilometer cruise in Bene State, including my country, that you can cruise without running into bombs. No one. It's not rocket science. You just need a man that is consecrated to God, that sees his office as service first to God and then to a generation. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. Meanwhile, all these things are happening because the church failed to provide leadership. People that have ministered unto the Lord first and receive grace to minister unto people. The Bible says that God that has comforted us in all our troubles, the reason why he does that and invests in us so much is so that we ourselves can comfort others with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. It is what you have contacted from God you can give to a generation. So we are in for another ride of four years of punishment and of the Lord until the church will awake from her slumber. And then we will now know how to minister unto the Lord and, and fast. So that we can get directed from the mountain. So the guys that ministered unto the Lord were people that were consecrated unto him. And because they were consecrated unto him, God was favorably disposed to speak his mind unto them. In the book of Acts chapter 13, the voice of the Lord that came was directive. You see, there are several times God speaks informatively. Right? That's knowledge. When he speaks directively, gives directives, that is wisdom. And there's still another kind of speaking we find with God because he knows the end from the beginning. He can speak predictively. Eh? God can speak informatively. He can speak directively. He can also speak what? Predictively. So the emphasis of my talk today has to do with his predictive speakings. If it is true, are you here? Predictive. Predictive speakers. I would like us to remember our dealings with God because your dealings with God yesterday determines what you are to expect today. If you reach back into your diary, 
What are the things that God spoke to you while you encountered him? I mean the predictive ones that speak about the future. Not the informative ones. Not the directive ones. Meanwhile, informative and directive insights from God are quite strategic. Alright, let me break this thing down so that it will not just be doctrine. How many of you are here and many years ago God showed you what you will be doing? Because I remember when I was courting my wife, she said God showed her that she will be running a school. That's a directive revelation. Eh? That kind of revelation, you cannot receive it except you minister unto the Lord and fast. You cannot easily receive that kind of revelation except you yourself are a consecrated personality. There is sacrifice on the altar of your life. God will become favorably disposed to unveil his purposes about your life. And they are predictive in nature. Yes, so I need... Yes, um, give me the microphone because I need to analyze many things. You can be serving the very big God, though, like we think, I have a very big God who is always by my side. A very big God by my side. You are singing as if you don't believe that song. I have a very big God who is always by my side. A very big God. I need to teach you how to profit from God. The Bible says that the Lord made a difference between the Egyptians and the children of Israel. There was a difference. There is a way you can profit from God. Unfortunately, this way of profiting from God cannot exclude sacrifice. I try to find out. The easiest part, the easiest part I found has sacrifice in it. Yes. You said the Lord spoke, told you something. Can we hear it? Because I need to educate you. The beginning point of that journey, it means that at some point you encountered God. For God to disclose that information, that directive information, huh? it means you encountered him and the reason why you were seeking him was not because of your own things. You were seeking him because of his own things. You wanted to be useful to him. And then he now unveiled something about your own life that was captured within your future. And I need to warn all of us. The fact that he showed you something about your future doesn't mean to come to pass. Yes, what did the Lord show you? For me, I had a, a vision. Yes, you had a vision. Yes. Under what circumstances did you have this vision? Were you eating and drinking, feasting and rejoicing? And you were, were at the beach in Lagos and running and then suddenly you heard a voice. No. Tell us the condition. Let us be, because the Bible says, as the ministered unto the Lord and fasted. The Lord, what? He spoke. Yes. I gave my life to Christ in secondary school, JSS 1. So, um, my discipler, my intro tech teacher, had a prayer meeting during the break period. Mm. So, when we pray and all that, so he started discipling and teaching me how to pray. Mm. So, what we do basically is that we sacrifice our break time for prayer. Mm. So, within that time that I gave my life to Christ, 
I had series of dreams, but there was one that stood out. Okay. In that dream, I was um, I was a teenager then when I ha I had a dream. But in the dream, I was a more mature woman of about thirty to thirty-three, and I had a ministry. And in that ministry, I was a prophetess. Okay. And my church was made of wood. The construction okay. was made of wood. Okay. So just like a bacha, wasn't a permanent structure. Side. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I sat there and I okay, I ministered to people and I dismissed them. So I sat back on the table and I opened my Bible. I started reading them. I didn't see people walking, but I saw people stood in front of me and they said, "Come to Benue. Benue meets you." Come to Benue, Benue meet you. So I closed the Bible and I followed them. So I just took a step and I found myself in Benue State. And there was this field full of plenty of people. I didn't know where they, they came from, but it was just a massive field. And the people that brought me were so poor that there was no pulpit or altar or anything. So they went and packed sand. This river Benue sand, I didn't, you know, the color is quite different from what we have in Jaws. So it was in the dream I saw the texture of the sand, the color, and everything. And although I never knew what it looked like physically because I didn't grow up in Makobi. So what they did was that they piled the sand up and they laid a plank of wood over it. So the two men that brought me from Jaws held me one on this side and the one, the other one on this side and they dropped me on that plank. And I had barely opened my mouth to start ministry. And there was this light that came. It was brighter than the sun. Covered everywhere. And a lot of things happened. That's just the All right. So, so from that dream, I knew I had an intercessory ministry. Now this, this encounter she had, God spoke in predictive capacity. And starting something that was futuristic. But in the book of Acts, the apostle, God spoke in the directive capacity. It was wisdom he was giving to the church, to the body of Christ, on what needs to be done to bring the revival to the next level. Alright? And then there are some times that God speaks informatively. Maybe you are praying for your family, praying for your family, praying for your family, asking God to intervene. You have seen several things that you don't like and then suddenly, maybe in a dream, you now see something and see the real cause of that which is bedeviling your family. He orchestrates a disclosure. That disclosure is informative to give you deeper insight so that you can handle and prosecute the spiritual situation that you have been trying to engage. Are you here? Now, I am not referring to the directive and informative types. I'm referring to the predictive type. So that's one. Yes, any other person you were laboring and then Something about your future was unveiled. Yes, or uh, Pani. You see, that kind of speaking is, is indicative of the fact that our God knows the end from the beginning. Yes? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Early last year, God told me that. Uh, it is certain fight, battle that is coming upon my life to understand and begin to pray. So I started praying, 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 
after I pray and went things I was praying and I was see the the devil continue fighting, continue fighting. They made the point announced before January, the January. So when I God told me that the evil, the society evil they have done against me. But those people that have done the evil have poured it on them. So we have poured it on them. And that's one thing like that. You have live upon it now. This testimony mm. will I'm not come to end. I'm going to be sure. Be sure. Because what you said is that God told you that trouble was coming, that you should prepare yourself. Yes. Alright? The next thing we were supposed to hear was the, the appearance of that trouble in the, in the natural. And how your preparation was able to help you escape the jaws, the jugular hmm? yes. of that orchestration against your life. And after that, Kai, we have heard the Lord said trouble is coming and we are part of that trouble. We will support you in the trouble. Yes, uh, Pastor Mike, before I continue. Hallelujah. Okay, I, I took out time to pray. And then there was this day I was praying and then suddenly a screen appeared on the wall. And I saw myself ministering in a large crusade platform. And as I went back, somehow... That's how many years ago? That's like 10 years now. 10 years ago. Yeah. Okay. As I went back, continued the prayer, it lasted for about 8 months. And then a being came to the house. I was on the bed sleeping. And then my spirit lifted from my body. And as it was floating, somebody walked out of the wall like an elf. He had white beard, very old and ancient person. And he said, God will send you as an apostle. He said, but there will be many phases of preparation. He said, but there are three things you must do. He said, pray for long. Speaking so to the mind. Speaking to the mind. He said, pray for long mm -hmm. so that your spirit will be strong. That's wisdom. He has told you the predictive aspect and then he is now giving you the directive aspect. One, pray long so that your spirit will be strong. Yes? He said you must study the scripture until it becomes like a drip that is connected to a sick person. He said because it's the raw material that I will use to communicate my body. Okay. And then thirdly, he said you must serve somebody in order to receive credibility and stability. Okay. He said so I will need you to serve people. And then after that, about a week later, in the place of prayer, as I stood, suddenly the walls of the room vanished. And then I began to see my village setting. And then I saw two beings appeared. Okay. One of the beings had ten horns, and the other was like somebody that was resurrected from the dead. You could see through the body, you see the bones, okay. and the flesh had eaten up. Uh -huh. And he said, these are the beings that control your family lineage. He said, there are four things they do. This one is informative. He said, there are four, there. you can't do warfare with this, without this type. So in the school of warfare, we teach you about informative disclosures. If you don't know, if you don't have them, you are fighting blind. And demons like blind fighters. They make them blindfolded. They are already blind, but they now act blindfold. So that they end up beating against the air. But that's not your portion in Jesus' name. <laughs> Yes. There, are, there are four things they manipulate people to do. And the moment you become a slave of any of those things, mm -hmm. your destiny is gone. 
Okay. There is no way you can fulfill it. He said one is sexual immorality. Okay. He said if you if you fall into sexual immorality, the valve of your soul become weak. Even if you know the revelations of God, you can never ascend. Okay. Secondly, he said they lie. They make people develop a lying tongue. And the moment you develop a lying tongue, you will set yourself up and it will boomerang in the future. Yes, your fountain will be defiled. Okay. Yes. He said thirdly, what they do is that they invoke people with pride. And what the pride does is that it will allow you until the day of your manifestation. So in your glory, it will you will attract reproach instead of the, the, the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And the fourth thing they do, it does is that it gets people into drunkenness. Okay. And when I check now, it, your dreams are quite unveiling. Not everybody has such. But I need to tell you, I hope those directives that we're giving you are following them. Yes, sir. Okay, sit down. Now listen. As the ministered unto the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit spoke. Just like God spoke to her about intercessory ministry and, you know, all of that. But you see, the fact that God gave that initial disclosure is not compulsory that that thing will come to pass. That's why, in addition to the disclosure, there are directives that are given so that whether or not you fulfill what God has said is dependent on your subscription to obedience. Now, I need to unveil the scripture in the book of Revelation so that we can see it. Because what the brother said is that the testimony or the witness of Jesus is the life of prophecy. The witness or testimony Matus is the word. Matorio is the verb. The witness of Jesus is the life of prophecy. Are you with me? So prophecy has done fault. But the witness of Jesus is the life of prophecy. Now, God spoke to me that we were going to be holding a crusade about 15 years ago. He called the name of the crusade Festival of Glory Crusade. You must be, you must understand that if God speaks, it's only God that can bring his word to pass. Even if you have the ability, eventually, financially, and technically, to do what God has said you should do. If you know God, you will wait for him to begin to do it first. So God spoke to me many years ago. He said, I'm going to do I will use you to set up a crusade platform called Festival of Glory. And when that crusade begins to hold, I will use it to deliver the new estate. Then there are several other details that are not needed in this lecture. Now, he said that many years ago. But you see, they, I know he said it 15 years ago. The difference between the time he said it and the time he began to find expression is the testimony of Jesus. The Holy Spirit in your heart, are you with me? Okay. I think I need to introduce another scripture. Let's go to the book of uh, Hebrews chapter um, 11. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
Faith is the evidence of things not seen. First thing we can get from that scripture is that faith has a substance. That faith has a reality. Even though faith is dealing with things that are not physically present, there are things that we cannot see. But there is a substance that bears witness that those things exist. And that substance is the witness of the Holy Ghost in your own spirit. The witness of the Holy Ghost in your own spirit is proof that things that you cannot see actually exist. Right? So that substance is the witness of the Holy Ghost. And the witness of the Holy Ghost has different forms and different fashions. The witness of the Holy Ghost in your spirit can be in form of a knowing. You just know that it is settled. That's a substance. And you couldn't have that substance if the Holy Spirit did not furnish it. The witness of the Holy Spirit can be in the form of a vision where something is cast before your face and it was not you that created it. That can also be a substance that bears witness about something that your hands cannot touch in the present time. The substance can come in different forms in different fashions. And the Bible says that faith, anything that forms that substance, it what faith is. And that substance is a witness, actually, from the Holy Ghost to actually um, reveal that something that your physical senses cannot handle is actually um, existing. I don't say that faith is a substance. Good. So when the Holy Spirit now speaks and says, this is what I want to do with your life, remember that the testimony of Jesus or the witness of Jesus within your spirit you know that one is with you every day the witness of Jesus within your spirit you need to be faithful to obeying that witness the journey of obeying that witness in your spirit on a daily basis is um, what is required for you to live within the crucible of the spoken word until it comes into manifestation because when God said he would do festival glory, the diary got lost. I even forgot. So we are doing, operating on everyday obedience. Are you with me? Everyday obedience. Everyday obedience. Until it came to a point where it downed on me that we need to begin to do crusade. Then it now reminded me what he said 15 years ago. It means all of those obediences that we began to furnish on a daily basis was actually the navigation path into the fulfillment of that utterance. If that utterance never came and we were operating in that obedience faculty, we would have still fulfilled that prophecy. Because the witness of Jesus within your spirit is what sustains the life of the prophetic word. So if a man receives a prophetic word and is not following the daily witness of Jesus in his spirit, towards perpetual obedience. Are you here? It will come to pass that that prophecy will never find expression. And I've seen many pastors that claim that God spoke to them in very spectacular ways and never saw it come to pass in their lifetime. There is a particular pastor in my mother's village. He said God, Jesus appeared to him. And the way, if he tells you, you will know it is true that Jesus appeared. Then the midst of prayer, in the midst of fasting, Jesus appeared to him and said, you are going to be the one to deliver all these people. And in this village, you will raise a church and the membership strength in your lifetime will be 30,000 people. 
Jesus spoke to him. Hallelujah. But he did not walk in daily obedience to the testimony of Jesus, the witness of Jesus, which is the life of the prophecy that he received. And he lived and died talking about what Jesus said. But he was not in step with how Jesus intends to bring what he has said to pass. And that man died and he never came to pass. Because he was more concerned about the prophetic world, much more than the spirit of prophecy. Are you with me? If I didn't have a prophecy and I was just working in daily obedience, I would have still have, I would have arrived at festival of glory. But you see, so that God will be God indeed, He will tell you about it, and not because you are watching over it to bring it to pass. Suddenly you just be navigating, and then when you start doing something, then the Holy Ghost says, "You remember I told you that you will do something like this ten years ago." Then it becomes a great wonder that our God is powerful. But the reason why you got there was because you were living by the witness of the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. And it was navigating you in the direction of what God had predicted or known to you. Whether you have the diary or you don't have the diary. If you live by the spirit of prophecy on the daily basis, you arrive exactly where God say you will be. Despite principalities in your village, the one with ten horns that appeared from the ground and the one they invoke by necromancy from the dead to hinder your life, it will stay come And so, in this day, this year, this is a year of obedience to God. The proof that you are consecrated to God is that you are living to obey God's will. And as long as you give legs to the instructions of God, you begin to see that the intent of God for your life will begin to come to pass. Should I say something? No man has the power to bring a prophecy to pass. No man has the power to bring the prophecy to pass. One, my, my friend, somebody prophesied to him and said he saw him preaching on a particular Sunday morning and he was wearing white albada and the power of God was so strong, was so powerful. Many people were healed. And then the next Sunday, he declared healing with it. And now one white albada and God left the church. That is, it's not as if God didn't move. That day God didn't come. Hallelujah. Then when he forgot about it, it came to pass that they were doing a thanksgiving. So he and his wife sold white, white, white. And then they came to thank God. Then as they were doing thanksgiving, the Holy Spirit, the anointing now came upon him. And the anointing came upon him. He didn't even pray for the sick. The sick began to get healed. It was not, no man has the power to fulfill a prophecy. So many people are concerned about prophecies instead of them to operate within the spirit of prophecy. So he, he was walking in obedience. If that prophecy never came and he kept walking in obedience, he would have arrived at that day. Because there was, that day existed in God. And obedience is the link to that day. The link to that oil. Healing began to take place. All kinds of miracles. That was the first time in his ministry that bones joined together. That people, people, bones began to join. Not, was not because he prayed one extraordinary prayer. Because the day for the fulfillment of what God had revealed had come to. I've seen many people that tried to fulfill prophecies. Only for them to embarrass themselves. And in a day when nobody was expecting, God now rose up. I see that people are more concerned about prophecy than what? Than the spirit of prophecy. 
Those days when I was cutting my wife, she came and brought a diary that God has spoken. And I saw the content of what she said God had said. We got married, we forgot about that thing. And then she now started doing it without consulting the diary. And then when she now did the thing, God now reminded her that, you see, do you still remember that thing I told you? See, there was no flesh involved. Just day-to-day obedience. And we got there. It's a year of obedience. Right? Uh, beyond prophecy, you are going to be diligent to obey his daily promptings. And it will bring you into everything he has spoken concerning you. We are going to stop here tonight, but I want us to pray that God will take us beyond prophecies. He will take us into the spirit of prophecy. Uh, the next time we talk on this subject, I will now show you what happens when a man operates in a spirit of prophecy. He becomes a sign to his generation. That man becomes, if you read the man very well, you will know what God is doing in that generation because that man is operating with the anointing that God has released to accomplish his will in that generation. He becomes a sign to that generation. That's what the Bible means when it says, I and the children given unto me, we are for signs and wonders. We, we, can, we reveal God's prophetic times and seasons. We appoint us to God's prophetic times and seasons and what God is doing in the present time. Those are the evidences that accompany people that operate by the spirit of prophecy. Have you seen what David said? David said that the lines are falling unto me eh? in pleasant places. The heritage was already intact. But what he was talking about there was experientially things were falling into place as they were prophesied, as they were ordained. I noticed that there is a fulfillment that is taking place in my life. The lines are falling onto me. Just in case you have noticed. You waited long for the lines to fall. And instead of the lines falling in place, what you have is a contradiction. You expected several things to find expression. And your expectations seem to have been cut off. And it's as though the seasons are winding up. The lines that will fall onto in 2019. The lines will fall onto you in pleasant places. Let us pray one prayer before we break camp tonight. One prayer. The lines. I remember I was I was in Dubai, I was praying in my hotel room and Jesus appeared to me. Jesus said, I should focus on the youth. Jesus said, the emphasis of my ministry is youth. The youth. He said it so many times and walked away. That if I am faithful to focus on the youth, it will open the gates of many nations to me. Alright? So I came back home from that trip. That was when we started going around campuses doing campus stuff and we have been doing it for 19 years now this is the 19th year that we have been going from campus to campus some of you here while you were still on campus I visited your school is there any witness to that? alright so I visited your school while you were on campus you see it was by the instruction of the Lord Jesus and it came to pass 3 years after four, 3 years after I began to focus on campus ministry campus to campus 17 doors opened to me in the third year, to preach in many countries around, in Kenya, in Uganda, in Cameroon, in 17 of them. 
Then I went back to God because he was the one that spoke about doors. Because my God is not breakthrough. My God is Jehovah. There are many people who have walked through doors that God did not open. Because the nature of their God is breakthrough. I went and inquired of the Lord and said, He doesn't know the people that opened those doors. But he's not the one. 17 doors open. And the Lord Jesus said, He's not involved. Meanwhile, he had said that if I focus on youth ministry, what will he do? He will open the gates of nations to me. Meanwhile, there were doors that opened that he was not the one that opened. And if your God is breakthrough, you will enter into doors that Jesus did not open, and it will become a snare unto you. You see, it's not only we that bind Satan. Satan also binds men. <laughs> you, will, you will be bound by Satan if you enter into the promotion that Satan created. So the next year, nine doors open. He said he didn't open them. The next year, four doors open. Then he said he only opened one. And that was the one I didn't like. Because it was a, a place that was worse than this country. You know, when you are talking of international ministry, you want to be among the whites like this, and then you snap. And you, <coughs> and you put it on, on Facebook. That me too. I walked on Wall Street. <laughs> but the place he sent me to is not a place you can put on Facebook. It's a place where we hide the pictures and confiscate everyone that was snapped in that. He said, that's, that's the place I That's the place I opened to. I came to the place when I spoke through the mic, my voice was like those people that catch rat. The voice had was mutilated by the public address system. So I now said, we have to buy a, an amp now. There's a need for an amp. And when the whole congregation contributed money, my money that I contributed was more than the whole congregation put it. And that congregation was 2,500 people. My money contribution was more than the 2,500 people's contribution. Now, will you go there and collect one offering? Of it was obvious that the people needed offering. In fact, as after I preached the second day, on the second day of my preaching, they brought one girl that they just rescued her. She was committing suicide with rope. So they just rescued her from the suicide spot to bring to me. Then I said, okay, calm down, calm, sit down. How are you? Fine. Why do you want to kill yourself? She said that they gave her, they gave her 80,000 kwacha to keep. And somebody stole it. And it's her elder brother's room. And it's better for her to kill herself. Because the way her elder brother will kill her, <laughs> she doesn't like that one. So that, I, and I said, okay, first up, can you calculate this amount she wants to kill herself for? Two dollars. When they calculated it, it was $100. I took $100. I gave her. She said, now, her, her mother, say, I'm the owner of the girl. I said, <laughs> come, 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 come on here. Stop that. <laughs> I didn't come here to own anybody. Carry, carry go, carry go. Do you believe that a preacher from Nigeria can come and uh... so I was now wondering, say God, all this money I took there, so you mean is to be given? Yes, it was when I went to sleep that night that God now said, "You pass my test." In my dream, He said, "You pass my test," because I wanted to make you one of the fathers of the African revival, but I wanted to test your heart. Whether you can sleep, you can die for the people. Yes. It was after I went to that nation that I now opened the nations where white people are. 
Now, if I have entered those doors that this, I don't know who opened those ones. If you stop operating by the inner witness of Christ, you, where you will end up is the devil that opened the door. It's the devil that opened the door. I was invited to Germany. I went to the embassy. From midnight, I knew that demons had were waiting in the embassy. So I called the guy that we were going. Me and Tena. I said, Tena, wake up. We don't have visa. Wake up. They have not. They have denied us. Wake up. We prayed from 12 midnight to 4 a.m. I said, Tena, they didn't give us visa. He said, we will continue. We prayed from 4 a.m. and in the bus till 8 o'clock. I said, Tena, we will not get this visa. We were on the line. I said to my life, the When we came there, the lady now said, What do you do? I looked at her, I said, I'm a pastor. She asked me a biblical question. I didn't know how to construct the sermon. I didn't know how to construct it. But based on the way I answered, they approved me for this. Then suddenly, from Berlin, they now sent that 20 Nigerians did something wrong. So because of that, all the people that I applied that month, even though our own was already programmed for approval, they rejected them. I told them, I said, there is a principality. There is a principality. Went to British Embassy to go to the United Kingdom. The same principality appeared there. Then I went to God, I said, are you not the one that said you will open nation? Then God now said, it's not the nation you want to go, and it's not when you want to go. It's when me, I want you to what? So I said, I'm not going again. Hallelujah. Because I tried in the flesh, I tried because I felt I had what it takes to get any visa I wanted to get. Then he now showed me that it is according to his own time. Then when I now said, okay, it's not even important. He said, now, I've discovered that you don't have the power to fulfill any prophecy. Maybe somebody's here, God gave you the promise of marriage that you are going to marry, and then you felt it was last year. It was you that said it was last year, not the law. Not the law. But if you keep following him, it will come to pass with ease. Because it was programmed into your future. That's why you could see it. In the fullness of time. I did not know that God had his own plan. In all of my wildest imaginations. I never knew that one day. I will have to stay on board an aircraft. How much? Nine plus six. How many hours is that? Fifteen hours airborne. To be going to South, South America. Never knew that. But this is the day when God wanted to fulfill the prophecy. How many of you have read those, uh, what those are our small video clips? Where they will put small a small part of our message and put many pictures. Have you seen any one of them? It was one of that thing that went to Brazil. When they watched it, they say, "Is this man say alive?" They say, "It's alive." Then while the preacher was still amazed, they sent him another one. Say, "No, this is an invisible man. Go and look for this man." Hallelujah! And they started calling. I didn't believe. They were serious. Hallelujah. Disturbing, disturbing. Okay, okay, September, September. 
Then I went to the embassy. I submitted the thing. If I didn't go myself, because I've had disappointments too much, so I gave somebody go and submit. And I forgot about it. We were now praying in this tent. And the prayer became intense. I knew God was creating something. We now went home and continued prayer. As we were praying, then an owl now cried, and he died. The demon that used to wait for me in the embassy, his image was cut off. As the owl died, they approved my visa the next day. Give me three months multiple entry. That means if I want to be going and coming. And I, as they saw that they had approved it, they paid me for my ticket to and fro. 864000 So I had to go and ask God, what are you sending me to do? Because it was not my plan. For seven days in fasting. He said I should close my mouth and then I should only talk when he put something there. Hallelujah. We came for to board the aircraft and one of the airport men now saw me say, We are a pastor. I said, Is there a way pastors look? Say no, I know inside my spirit. He said I should pray for him. Normally, if they say those kind of a thing, I give them five for them. He said, I like this your money, but the reason why I came is not money. There's a prayer. That was when I touched him. And then God put something. <laughs> he put a word there. Then I spoke it. As I was speaking it, my eyes were open. I saw that there were four in their family. And that the second one was in prison. I wanted to go and say, you have not finished the message. The one in prison, what? Hallelujah. Do you know that by the time I was coming back, there was a miracle? I know here I'm a teacher, but when I went for that trip, I was a prophet. Hey, it is only God that can bring a prophecy to pass. Can we minister unto the Lord today? So that he will begin to bring to pass the things that he has spoken. First service there, I was preaching, preaching, preaching. I saw a woman with crutches. So I went again to check. I preached. I came, came this side. I said, are you raising cripple? Then he gave me a sign. Pia, 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 pia. Yes, 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 yes. So I went to the woman. I took her stick. I said, it's time to walk. And I left her. And the woman struggled, struggled and stood up. And she began to walk. That was the beginning of miracles. And all kinds of things began to take place. Then I knew that it's not by power. I knew that it's not by might. But it's by the spirit of the living God. In the next service that I preached, it was life. That was where I began to prophesy. And the Lord brought it to pass. Hallelujah. So many doors were open that I could not finish preaching all the opportunities I had in that in that place. God will bring what he has told you to pass. Can we pray tonight? Because this is a year of fulfillment. Maybe you have experienced delays. I came to tell you that there will be a performance of the things that have been told you. Blessed is he that believeth. For there shall be a performance of the things that the Lord has told. A 
if God has told you anything I came to say there will be a performance oh if he said that you were going to settle in marriage and it looks as if time is going there is no delay with God there shall be a performance of the things that the Lord has told you him and keep walking in obedience to him oh my god listen to me listen to me i hear god there's somebody in this place you have been believing god for a child you have been believing god for a child have a son already blessed is she that believeth for there shall be a performance of the things that the Lord has done for with men these things might be impossible but not with God for with God all things are possible can you despise the circumstances and hold on to the God of all possibilities he will bring to pass his counsel in your life in the course of this year. The tables will turn, the circumstances will shift. They will give way for the expression of what God has said concerning your life. Blessed is he that believeth. For there shall be a performance. There shall be a performance. There shall be a performance there shall be a performance the reason why it looked as if the devil prevailed was because god allowed him it was not time for performance but the bible says blessed is she that believeth for there shall be a performance of the things that god has told her are there things you have been waiting for Because the scripture says, Blessed is she that believe. For there shall be a performance. There shall be a performance. I bring the word of the Lord to you today that 2019 will be a year of performance spoken and it was as if they have been buried things that were spoken and you yourself are beginning to doubt it now because of the time is overpassed blessed is she that believed for there shall be a performance of the things that the lord has told her let your faith be fortified let the armory of your belief system be strengthened 
because God that speaks he has the power to bring it to pass he will make himself valiant and he will discomfit the enemies he will set your feet upon the rock for God has no restraint in that to win with many or to conquer with few our God who is the impregnable rock the mountain that is never shaken as he that seated in the heaven he shall laugh he shall have his enemies in the reason he will eventually bring this counsel to, to pass and the Lord visited Sarah as he has spoken he visited her as she has said even as God has spoken will he visit you even as God has said shall he come to you he shall make good every promise he shall bring to pass every promise that he has spoken because his is the power his is the glory his is the kingdom it's a year of performances 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 can you labor in thanksgiving because god will bring to pass everything that he has said expecting to conceive you have a son a level simple sakai la bolsa ita branca babola la bolsa kamalato simple malandos kamansai iko sabala ramendo bosqueta mina kabraske volote mana ikabaka Blessed is he, blessed is he that believeth. Blessed, blessed is he that believeth. For there shall be a performance of the things that the Lord has told. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Now you, you may rise on your feet. Let me bless you. speak your covenant with God will speak a new season out of God will break out around your life and that season captures the power of possibilities blessed ah, is she that believer for there shall be a performance of the things that the Lord has told forget about the losses you are tempted like me in the flesh and it did not work out. Because no human being has the power to fulfill prophecy. When the Lord shall arise. Eh? Oh my God. Oh my God. I like that scripture. I like that scripture. He said say the Lord shall pour the blood, the feet of the daughters of Zion. That the Lord shall bring all her assemblies like the shining of a fire by night there is a time when god decides to rise yes there is such a time when god decides to rise then he becomes a flame in the camp of his people so brilliant like light has there been any season of darkness the lord himself will be a pillar of brilliant light 
evidences of darkness. Oh my. Lord, today I pray for your people. And I ask, oh God, that you grant that there be performances in the life of everyone that is standing here in your presence. Performances. We banish the wisdom. We banish the protocol of delay. And we ask, so God, that you grant that the lines will fall onto your people in places pleasant. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yesterday night, you saw someone that maybe like a relative, your uncle or somebody, the person was resisting you in your dream. Yesterday night, this person you saw was resisting you in your dream. Where are you? Yesterday night, you saw someone that is a relative attempting to resist you. I have a word from God for you. I have a word from Jesus. I have a word from Jesus. What will come to pass in your life is not the expectation of evil men. No, no. It's the thing that God has spoken. Evil men may have their own expectation. But the Bible says he disappointed the devices of the craft. No, he said I should tell you. What we come to pass is what he has ordained, not what evil men expect. We may not be able to do away with all the evil men around our life because a few of them need to be present when God furnishes a table before us. Because the agreement is that he will further prepare us a table before me in the presence of men. So there's an insurance policy that will not allow all of them to die. Even if you say die by fire, die by fire, some of them will have to be available for that scripture to be fulfilled. Your table will be furnished in the presence of your enemies. They will be within range to see that which God is actualizing in your life. And today I declare that the lines will fall unto you in places pleasant in the name of Jesus Christ. And it is only the counsel of the Lord that will come to pass in your life in Jesus' name. Can we speak in tongues for five minutes? I see a stone being rolled away. An ancient stone. A blockage. A barricade. Seeking to postpone your manifestation. But according to the timing of the Lord, it is here and now. Now is the time and the effect of every vision. There is power in his hands to bring to pass the things that he has spoken. It will be wrong for you to give up now. It will be wrong for you to surrender now. It will be wrong for you to give up now. Because God arises. The Lord arises. The Lord arises. He arises a 
in his strength. He arises in his power. There will be a performance. 